Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat, a semi-weekly podcast that we do about video games and pop culture. Uh, my name is Aaron. With me, as always, is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Pretty good. Glad to be back. Yeah, we're on a sort of almost every week yeah. schedule. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting better at it, I feel like, in the last couple yeah, of months. Yeah, we have gotten better at it, but we've also had some things come up uh, in recent weeks that have made it so we couldn't record every single week. But Speaking of, how was your uh, Easter last week? Uh, Pretty good. I think... I think that was, yeah, that was last weekend, and I beat Elden Ring. Whoa, yes, let's talk about it. You're an Elden Lord now. I am an Elden Lord. I loved it. I loved the whole game, and it was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like, summons, but also just the fact that you can go spend a lot of time grinding if you want and so you can basically make yourself super overpowered by the time you like go actually face any bosses and so i really didn't struggle that badly with any of the main bosses i actually found like the side like non um required bosses to be harder than the main story bosses but yeah, I I really liked it. It's for sure my uh, game of the year so far. It, I was actually kind of bummed that it was over and that <laughs> I I kind of didn't know what to do with myself this last week. I was like, hmm, I kind of wish I could still be playing Elden Ring, but I finished it. Uh, I guess I could do New Game Plus, but uh, it's not quite the same although i hear that you should do new game plus at least to just like um basically treat it like a boss rush mode where you just follow the oh. main path and just do, do yeah just do nothing but like, the main bosses again because uh it feels a little bit like a victory lap because you're so much <laughs> stronger than you were the first time you went through and so like all these bosses that you struggled with uh, your first time through, you can basically just destroy because you've already seen all their moves, you've already beaten them before, and you have like a really leveled up character with maxed out weapons and summons and all of that, and so you can basically just tear them apart pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm sure so. you could one shot that uh, tree sentinel right out of the gate. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure. Like, I know, I think they're supposed to like um, get a little bit harder with each like new game plus but like harder as in like you the patterns you still know so like you it's not harder in that way but like maybe they hit a little bit harder because you probably have more health than you did the first time and maybe Mm. they have a little bit more health but obviously if you know how to dodge them you're gonna be fine so what was your main build that you settled on or how many times did you respec uh, I respect twice, I think. So initially, I started out playing the samurai, and I was going to maintain like the katana, and I was I was doing like um, like two hand katana, or not two, yeah, two handing the uh, uji katana from the start, and I eventually switched over to the um, bloodhound's fang, which is like a it's like a big curved great sword that's like really good that also does like bleed damage. And I used that for a while 
And then I wanted to just like experiment with um, two-handing katanas. And that ended up being so much fun <laughs> that I just switched <laughs> over to two-handing, uh, or not two-handing, but uh, dual-wielding katanas. And uh, so that's what made me respec the first time because I wanted to use the uh, Moonveil katana, which is like mm. a magic-based one where you can like the special move it has allows you to kind of throw out magic damage about 10 feet in front of you. So you can kind of use it from a little bit of range. Um, and so I used that for a long time as my like main build. So it was sort of like an intellect build, but I was using uh, dual katanas. Uh, and then I used that all the way up until I fought Melania and I like tried that fight a handful of times and couldn't get through it because I, um, like she does this like really devastating flurry attack. That's like really hard to figure out how to dodge. And I had gotten her into like the second phase of the fight a couple of times and like just didn't time dodges. Right. And so I would end up dying. And so I was like, okay, well, I hear she's weak to bleed damage, and I did pick up that Rivers of Blood katana, which is what I initially was wanting to, like, switch to, uh, but I'd just been putting it off, and, like, honestly, Moonveil is pretty good, too, so I, I didn't feel like I was <laughs> necessarily that weak for not using Rivers of Blood, uh, but it, uh, I did switch my build again to a uh, bleed build, which I think that uses arcane and so i was using uh the rivers of blood instead and i destroyed melania pretty uh like it took me a couple of tries because again i like mistimed uh, a dodge or two in the second phase but like um the actual fight where i, I beat her went pretty quickly <laughs> with the rivers <laughs> of blood just because she is weak to bleed damage and she also has like low poise so as you're hitting her, you can like kind of stagger her uh, pretty nice. easily. And so the key that I learned was that you want to go right at her so that you're hitting her a bunch and kind of staggering her and letting the bleed damage do a lot of work. And that will sort of prevent her from like having the time to do her flurry attack. So you don't even have to you're worry. Stun-locking her. Yeah, you don't even have to worry about dodging them. And so... In the second phase, she basically did two things before before it was over, and it was fine. Uh, so I got through that uh, pretty easily. And then, like, the fights towards the end, um, I thought I was going to have to switch my, uh, maybe switch my build again, just because uh, I think the final boss is, like, not, like, completely immune to, like, bleed damage. Mm. But it was still, like, that rivers of blood does so much damage anyway that it didn't matter and i was like well, i'll just keep using it it's fine <laughs> so i got through that just fine as well but do you understand the story of elden ring uh yeah i'm understanding it more and more because i have watched some lore videos i think if i had not watched the lore videos and i had not like been kind of uh watching along with like walkthroughs of different quests that i had been playing through i probably would not have understood it at all <laughs> hmm. but uh yeah like once i beat the game i watched like a, a bunch of lore videos and i watched um like some of the different endings that you can have because i think there are like six different endings hmm. uh that you can get and uh really i didn't know that i chose the ronnie one so i have like or i um 
I, I want to say that's like the best possible one, at least oh, as really? far as I know. But uh, there is like people have been talking about how there's kind of been like mistranslations from like the the Japanese to like the translation from Japanese to English. So it comes out a little bit differently <laughs> in mm. English, but uh, I think it's probably the best ending regardless. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, so I enjoyed it a lot. I was a little bit bummed it was over, which I can't like, I can't remember the last time I played a game and I was like 80 hours in and I thought, <laughs> man, I would play a lot more of this. I wish it wasn't you think over. They'll do, they're going to do DLC for it, right? Didn't they say that? Yeah, I think you can pretty much count on there being some sort of DLC coming at some point, which is when I will probably pick it back up again for New Game Plus. Uh, just because mm-hmm. I have like other stuff I also want to play. Um, I briefly jumped back into Horizon Forbidden West and kind of tried to get my bearings back again uh, in that game. Uh, but mostly uh, this week I've been putting some time into Tunic so we can talk more about that. Yes. But yeah, Elden Ring, just to kind of put a cap on it. Great game. Loved it. It was really good. My first Soulsborne game. And kind of made me want to uh, be more open to Souls-like games in the future. A 10 out of 10? Uh, I don't know that I would give it a 10 out of 10. It's close, but there are, like, it was so buggy when it first came out. And there are, Mm. like, like, it wasn't buggy for me. It was more, like, performance issues like you go in you run around the round table hold and for some reason like going through certain corridors it gets like really uh kind of wonky a little bit Mm. and they still have not worked that out i'm not sure what the deal is there but uh for the most part it was not too bad an experience for me but i know on like especially on pc there were a lot of problems with that and also i just think i feel like it's hard to give a game that is so like bad about quest design and like <laughs> just making it clear on what you're even supposed to do in terms of like the quests, like a hundred percent, I would not have completed pretty much any of the quest lines if it was not for a walkthrough. And I feel like yeah. if that's the case from your game, it probably doesn't deserve a 10 out of 10. Just, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I don't know. I feel like they could have made things much more clear. And that's where I go against the people that are like praising it for specifically not having a journal (laughs) because I guess they like writing their own journal. But even even if you're writing your own journal, like that's not going to give you any sort of indication as to like. When somebody's like, well, I guess I'll see you later. And you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, how am I supposed to find you later? And then you will meet again. Yeah. Like, maybe we'll encounter each other or not. Like, it's an open world game. I've already been to that area that you went to. And I wasn't going to go look there again unless I (laughs) checked a walkthrough to learn that that's where I was supposed to go. So, yeah, I they needed to do something, some sort of codex, something. We've talked about that before. But, yeah, I think it, where it's lacking and where it sort of falls short of a perfect 10 out of 10 for me is the quest design and just how unclear the quest steps are and how 
because of that it makes following the story and like parsing all of that very difficult <laughs> like more difficult than it should be like you should be able to tell a story and make it be clear um so i think it's still a great game it's probably a 9 9.5 out of 10 but wow not a perfect masterpiece as a lot of people would have you believe but still great and probably still like easily like a game of the generation contender like way up there probably definitely going to be game of the year unless starfield ends up being amazing but even then it's probably not going to convert too many people or like just because people love the Soulsborne genre so much true yeah Starfield is still a big question mark. I guess we'll we'll see down the line. Do you think... <laughs> I, I know it's kind of passed you by at this point, but do you think you'll jump back in at all? I don't know. I keep like... Uh, so I just watched the Monster Factories that uh, Griffin and uh, Justin put out about yeah. Elden Ring. And it did like... I So I've been watching someone play Elden Ring, and they're pretty far. They just got to like the capital. Um... And I, so I've been enjoying it, like, kind of vicariously through that person. But watching them go back to the beginning did make me, in a weird way, kind of nostalgic for the first area. Because that's really the only area I experienced firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There, I think there, it's not impossible that I will at some point play Elden Ring. Because I do have it forever. So I was going to say, the thing that made it work for me was... I just needed to follow that one guide that we talked about like way mm. back when about mm. like going around not even needing to fight enemies but like picking up some items that are super useful to get you going. Um so I did that and then I like was able to level up a bunch. I made my starting weapon stronger and got like summons to work with and then I just like made it through a couple of like catacomb bosses and like maybe a world boss or like a, I, I beat that ever jail boss that drops the bloodhounds fang. Mm. And those guys I even thought was harder than Margit, the like first boss you come across. And really? if you use a summon on him, um, it just makes it much easier. And it, like clearing some of those bosses early on, that was really what kind of converted me. Just like I didn't expect it to feel so satisfying. Uh, <laughs> like you hear people say that, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, but I've beaten bosses in games before, and I didn't think it was going to convert me quite the way it did. But uh, yeah, you kind of when you're new to it, and like it seems like so insurmountable at first because it's like you have such little health, and you have to kind of like work on learning the mechanics enough. Um, but it, and we were talking early on wondering when it was going to start feeling good. It definitely mm-hmm. does. Like it, <laughs> you get to that point eventually. Um, and then it's just a slippery slope from there into speaking obsession. Of s- <laughs> speaking of a slippery slope, should we slip into some news? Yeah, let's do it. Some Sony news off the top. Uh, they've been a little busy this week. Uh, Sony invested a billion dollars in Epic Games, makers of Fortnite and other things. Yeah, what do you make of this? I mean, Fortnite is on everything. Epic is a huge... I mean, they have the Epic Game Store, so... Like, they're a juggernaut. I don't really understand. I mean, I guess Sony is 
into Epic Games, but I can't see Epic being like, yeah, this is great. Let's make a bunch of exclusives for PlayStation. Like, I don't feel like that's how they work. Like, they want everything to be on everything. Uh, they want everything to be on the Epic Game Store, like PC. So I don't yeah. really understand the plot, like the plot development of this. But uh, I mean, the, the Game Informer article that I have linked in our show notes talks about like metaverse development. Yeah. Um, I don't know there again. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen, I mean, the stuff for the next PlayStation VR looks super promising and I'm very interested in it, but it's not on shelves yet. Um, but if they want to jack into some sort of metaverse, Epic games, I mean, they make, uh, unreal. So I, well, I guess that's an investment in the Unreal Engine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did recently sort of tease their Unreal Engine five. I guess. So. Yeah. I yeah, uh, hard to say what this means going forward, but maybe it is something like when Sony starts. Um, maybe it's just furthering their relationship so that when more Sony titles come to PC, you may start seeing them more on the Epic Game Store. Now, that's interesting. If they were like, hey, here's... Uh, well, because they already put Final Fantasy VII Remake on Steam, but if they started to go away from Steam, and the only, like, they, never put, they never put Bloodborne on PC, mm-hmm. and if they were like, hey, you can play Bloodborne, but only on the Epic Game Store, that's interesting. But... It seems like more something Epic would have to pay. Yeah, Sony that, for. that's more speculation as like a maybe a side thing to come out of this, not necessarily the point of it. But um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves on what's actually happening here. PlayStation's, I mean, Sony's making some moves because to skip ahead a little bit, just to stay in the same vein, there's a big rumor that I I don't know if it was confirmed or not that Sony or that PlayStation is buying FromSoft, makers of Elden Ring. Yeah, these sounded not likely, some of these rumors that we have in here. So we have rumors that PlayStation was going to buy From Software and that they were possibly buying Kojima Productions. This was sort of a weird thing that came out this last week, Um, uh, in particular with Kojima Productions, because they... Uh, Sony like updated their website with like a banner that had like these little segmented images of like the main character from a bunch of their like first party studio games. Mm -hmm. And you can include death stranding in there. It is a first party studio game, but Sony does not own Kojima Productions, So they had it in there among the other ones. And and that led a lot of people to speculate, Oh, does this mean that Sony's buying Kojima productions? (laughs) um and kojima like retweeted uh their like image and so everybody took that to mean oh like he's definitely on board like this is happening (laughs) sony's buying kojima productions and then he was like no no um kojima productions has not been bought and it's an independent studio and is gonna remain an independent studio so uh, there was a little bit of confusion about that. So I don't think that's real. Um, and then the FromSoft one, I mean, that would be an enormous grab for yeah. <laughs> Sony. Especially if they're gearing up for 
I mean, it's I'm sure years and years away, but an Elden Ring two would sell like gangbusters, yeah. isn't it? If you could only get it on, if you couldn't even get it on PC, if you could only get it on PlayStation, that would be insane. Yeah, that would be huge. And same with like, you know, if they do Bloodborne two. I mean, obviously that one might be a PlayStation exclusive regardless, but like mm. also like if they do a Sekiro two or. Um, if they do anything else with Dark Souls, but they do it exclusively for PlayStation, I mean, mm-hmm. regardless of what game or franchise it ends up being, like a FromSoft Soulsborne style game exclusive to Sony is like a big deal. So, for sure, especially now that it's really, I feel like, broken out into the pop culture, and there's yeah. a bunch of people who usually would not be into it are now super into it. It's like prime time. Yeah, so, I mean, this is not, like, confirmed news that Sony's buying um, from software, but the rumor is out there, and I don't know how credible it is, but it would be a huge get. Um, There was some, wasn't there, uh, this is not in our show notes, but wasn't there uh, a story that came out about, um, like, lawmakers or regulators kind of looking into whether they could allow the Microsoft purchase of Activision. I know that there was like, yeah, some kind of antitrust thing, but who knows if that's going to go anywhere. They're probably just looking to line their pockets. Those politicians. True. Uh, but like if that ended up not going through and then Sony does buy Kojima productions, it's like a huge flip of the script. Uh, yeah. In terms <laughs> of like the, all of that, but Speaking um, of nefarious things going on, um, what's this about Sony and Microsoft putting ads in games? Nefarious indeed, yeah. So it came out this week that Sony is considering in-game ads for free-to-play titles. And Microsoft is gonna is, has talked about doing something very similar. Um, and they, they're saying that, so gamesindustry.biz had an article about it talking about how the ads would appear on like billboards inside games or i don't know like i can see uh, a future where like you play a round of like fortnite or apex legends and then in between rounds you have to watch an ad of some sort (laughs) i feel like some of this stuff is already happening like i feel like when you're in the waiting zone for fortnite or apex legends there are like little billboards saying like drink gamer fuel or stuff like that yeah it's true i feel like this has been going on for a while already and it's not necessarily that big a news because you expect there to be sort of product placement in games like this but maybe they're just like uh expanding on that and sort of ramping it up a little bit more to to help um studios making free-to-play games uh make money uh outside of make like more money. make more money outside of like microtransactions yeah Terrible stuff. We're living in a dystopia. Which, I, I mean, I guess, like, would you rather have microtransactions or, like, product placement? I guess product placement. I'm trying to decide which I think is the lesser of evils. It probably is product placement. I mean... Depends on how I, garbage I mean, your microtransactions are. I don't know about you, but I don't, play, I don't play a ton of free-to-play games, so this doesn't super affect me. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I I did dip my toes into Fortnite a couple of weeks ago, but that was only because they had dropped building, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to see what the game was like without it. 
And I kind of enjoyed it, but also I knew very good and well that I was playing only against bots. And so I was like, well, (laughs) either they're going to bring back building and I'm not going to like that, or they're going to start making me play against real players and it's going to not be fun to be killed and (laughs) teabagged by 12 year olds. So I dropped it like it was hot. I, uh, I'm excited about this next story. CD Projekt Red says that they're still working on Cyberpunk 2077 expansions that are going to be on the way possibly as early as late next year. Yeah, because you were playing this earlier this year. Did you finish it? I forget. No, I am about, uh, I think I last stopped at like 76 or maybe 80 hours. And I had pretty much done everything on the map except for story missions and so i would do a story mission and then more stuff would open up and i would do all that other stuff and then i would do the next story mission and basically clear the map again and then i sort of i started getting nervous that i was reaching the end and so i fell off of it a little bit but at any point i could jump back in and i i I really don't know how close i am to the end but i am extremely over leveled (laughs) and uh it's been it's been great. I can basically one shot people, and so the combat is super fun for me. And it's more of just like I'm interested to see where the story goes, but I don't want it to end. But sounds maybe I like won't have my, to have it end if there's expansion. Sounds like my experience with Elden Ring. Yeah, uh, I can't similar. I think yeah, because I fell off of it for a while, and then I kind of jumped back on, and I was like, oh, this is what it is, and I got really into it. It's a nice feeling to like get 60 to 80 hours into a game and not be like, man, I'm ready for this to be over so I can move on to something yeah. else. <laughs> it's so. not like an Ubisoft game where it's just becoming a, like a, a real chore to finish. Yeah, or like uh, my top game from last year was Tales of Arise, and even that game, like I was like 60-some hours in, and it just started feeling really grindy, and I was like, I I'm I like this game, but I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah it was, so it was refreshing to play Elden Ring and not have that feeling when I was getting that late in the game. Zach, I have an important question for you. Okay. Do you care at all about Kingdom Hearts? I do not. Do you? <laughs> I don't, but I do like when things are unexpected and they're revealed. Uh, I think we've talked about this previously on the podcast where I watched like probably hours of people reacting to the like launch of the Switch, that one video. I have that song like burned into my brain. <laughs> Because uh, that was great. People were like, because there's so many reveals in that little trailer, like, oh, it's portable. Oh, like it used cartridges and you can, two people can play it once. You can put it in a car. And this was similar. I had no idea this was coming out or happening, but people who like Kingdom Hearts, Hearts like super like Kingdom Hearts. And so yeah. to watch people react to this uh, was pretty exciting, even though I don't really care. Uh, I know that the plot of Kingdom Hearts is like super inscrutable and difficult to understand. <laughs> um, although it is exciting to me that I mean Kingdom Hearts is like Disney, I guess. So it's like, isn't di- it sort of like Final Fantasy mixed with Disney? <laughs> it's sort of yeah, it's sort of Square stuff as well. But now that Disney owns all things, I mean there could be a Star Wars level in kingdom hearts 4 or like a marvel (laughs) yeah it could go insane 
Uh, and so I'm excited to see clips from this because I'm sure there will be like uh, either a Star Wars or a Marvel thing. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm sure it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see, even though I didn't play it and don't really care about Kingdom Hearts, like the last one they did, they like brought Pirates of the Caribbean into it. And yeah. I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. There was a toys level or a Toy Story level too. So like they were walking around as toys, which looked interesting to me. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting things they could do with it. And a lot of that is because like Disney owns every property, like you said, but it's true. But you know yeah. what they don't own though? Oh, actually, do they? Do they own Mass Effect? It's in some weird way. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Not yet. Hopefully, never. But maybe eventually. Uh, so yeah, there has been some discussion. There's nothing like super interesting about this, but they did share a little bit of an update on Mass Effect Four. Um, tentatively and unofficially labeled Mass Effect Four. Uh, or I guess Mass Effect 5, because that would be, if you count Andromeda. Um, I think they're going to try to not count Andromeda. <laughs> You're probably right. Well, and also, that's not like one of the, I guess it would be like a side one, like not a mainline one. Mm. Uh, oh, interesting. Because like Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, and then Mass Effect Andromeda, you know what I mean? Um, uh, the, they basically just said, the next game in the Mass Effect universe is an early development. It's going to be a while before they can talk about anything in detail, uh, or, but they are excited to show what they've been working on. And I think that is maybe uh, inadvertently an update that they are pretty far on, on Dragon Age 4, I think is mm. maybe the, the yeah. bigger takeaway there. Because we, we know that they've true. sort of been like dabbling in like the early development or like pre-production process for Mass Effect 4. Um, so them just confirming that, okay, we're actually like shifting to do some development on this game is like a little bit of an update, but that just tells me that they are very far and almost done with Dragon Age 4. <laughs> I wonder if we'll see part of it this summer. Yeah. I, did EA, correct me if I'm wrong, they said they were not doing a thing this summer? I don't remember either. They either said that or they haven't said anything, but I don't think they've confirmed anything. Yeah. I mean, even if they don't do their own like specific EA thing, they might, it might show up as like, uh, you know, with somebody else, like with a Sony or Microsoft, if they do something. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm curious about Dragon Age four cause I liked, uh, Inquisition quite a bit. So I am. I would play another Dragon Age if they ever <laughs> release it. What's this? Uh, I've been watching the trailer for this next thing, Paper Cut Mansion. Yeah. So uh, Thunderful Games just recently revealed a new game that's coming to Switch and I guess other consoles as well, called Paper Cut Mansion. That is supposed to be kind of like Paper Mario mixed with Luigi's Mansion. Um, I really like the art style. It's like paper craft. Yeah, I I like the art style. It is, like you say, it, it looks like everything's made out of paper or cardboard or something like that. And it's got a little bit of a Luigi's Mansion vibe to it. It's sort of a isometric. I think it's pr uh, using procedural generation uh, for its levels. And it seems like maybe... The trailer indicates that there's uh, some degree of like 
cards that you're using for maybe like perks yeah or... it's some got some sort of card collecting or using aspect yeah and but it is like sort of a third person action game i think as well so you're like mm-hmm. doing some hack and slash um you can roll yeah and so i don't know just the the mashup of paper mario and luigi's mansion is very intriguing to me uh, so this is supposed to come out later this year on uh, Switch, Steam, PS4, 5, Xbox Series X, and Xbox One. So pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to throw this in there because I saw it this week and I thought it looked really interesting to me. So I have something that I saw that I thought looked interesting. Have we talked about this on the po- I've been aware of this game for a while, but I don't know if I've brought it up to you. Haiku the Robot. I it does not sound familiar to me so tell me about it. It's got a very cool retro art style and it is a Metroidvania. It is uh I got it because I was became aware of it because I I watched a bunch of Hollow Knight content on YouTube as well as like lore videos and whatnot. A lot of those creators who make like Hollow Knight stuff have been a little starved for content because Silk Song is still not out. <laughs> And uh, so they have branched off. And one of the things that multiple uh, YouTube personalities who mainly do like Metroidvania, Hollow Knight type content have talked about is Haiku the Robot. And it's coming to Steam this next week. And I think I'm going to pick it up. It's uh, it looks pretty cool. It has a very similar vibe, I think, or not vibe, I should say, but like play style to Hollow Knight where you're you can like uh pogo like sword pogo off of people and you can like heal by uh pressing a button and then you're like going to waypoint i mean it's a metroidvania but uh it's got a really cool art style and uh it seems like uh it's gonna be pretty interesting so i'm gonna pick this up i think and uh we should do a video if you do on it (laughs) i will yeah uh we can do a little video on it but it looks really interesting to me i really like the art style and i really I'm into uh, Metroidvanias now. I'm waiting for Silk Song to come out and change my life. But uh, <laughs> for now, I think this is the closest we're gonna get. It looks super cool, and I'm uh, I'm unfortunately I don't think it's coming to Switch immediately. I would imagine it's going to eventually. But for now, yeah. I think it's just coming out on Steam. Yeah, it definitely seems like the kind of game that will come out in like a year's time on Switch yeah. and like other consoles. But it'll like for the first year it'll be like a pc exclusive so i'm excited for it though um other things well so this next thing i was excited for when i read the headline but now i don't know if i'm super excited (laughs) halo infinite i feel like everyone kind of dropped off of because more things came out but it's still happening it's still free the multiplayer at least and they're kind of rolling into season two in the beginning of may and that brings a couple different changes. There's going to be some new maps and some new game types. Uh, they're adding some like King of the Hills type stuff. There's like a land grab, which is I think like a zone control type thing. The headline though, and the thing that is like catching people's attention is something that they said, they're not saying it's a battle royale, but people are like, oh, this is kind of like a battle royale. but. As I read it, it's not really what that is. It's called, uh, I think, Last Spartan Standing or something. Yeah, that is what it calls. Uh, it's 12 people. It takes place on the four biggest maps. And 
you start out with a very low level weapon and then as you get it's not looting based like a regular battle royale as you get kills you get like better weapon drops somehow and you have everybody starts with five lives and then once you have those five lives completed you're done uh so you're basically competing to be the last person standing and leveling up as you kill people but yeah i don't know this, what do you think about this? Uh, like, there were modes like this in other shooters, like, before PUBG and, like, Fortnite Battle Royale was a thing. So, um, it's not exactly a Battle Royale, but it's probably the closest thing to a Battle Royale that you're likely to get in Halo. So, I can mm. see what, where, like, the um, the uh, same people that like Battle Royales, like those games, are, are would probably enjoy a mode like this. So... Makes sense to add it for sure. Do you think you'll pick up Halo Infinite again? I still have it installed on my computer, but it's been so long. I mean, I, I played, I would say maybe like ten hours of it when it dropped initially, and it was fun, and I it was very nostalgic. Uh, but I have not picked it up since. I have to say. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like I played through the campaign, and I probably spent like a good maybe oh, yeah, twenty hours or so in the the multiplayer. And I liked it. Um, I had a fun time with it, but I fell off of it like a lot of people just because there was a, a lot of other things to play. And as much as I like the occasional like first-person multiplayer shooter, I'm less inclined to play those these days. So I don't know. I, I didn't stay with it for a long period of time, but I did enjoy what I played of it. And I don't know. I think it is still maybe installed on my computer as well. So, Have you been watching any of the coverage about the Halo TV series that's airing right now on Paramount Plus? I have not. It seems bad. <laughs> really? There was like a joke where, so the first episode happens and he almost immediately takes off his helmet and is just like a guy. Uh, and someone was made a joke on Twitter like, yeah, by the end of this, he's going to be fully naked. Uh, and then, then like two episodes later, he was fully naked. <laughs> so he was right. Well, there I you can't go. get a read on like if it is actually super terrible or like I see these little clips of people reviewing it on TikTok, and they seem to be very critical of it. I don't really know anything about Halo lore, um, but I don't know. I'm never gonna get Paramount Plus. So yeah, that, would, that's the thing moot, for me but. is like I like. If this were on a service that I was already subscribed to, I would maybe watch a couple episodes, but I'm not going to like subscribe to an additional streaming service in order to watch it. Um, and I, I mean, I remember before it actually came out, there were a bunch of like uh, entertainment journalists from like video game websites who probably think they're a lot smarter than they actually are trying to say that, oh, them not going down the road of the games is like a really wise decision. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think... Wait, are they not going down the road of the game? That's what they said. The, I mean, this is an article that I like, I think there were two articles that basically had the exact same headline that were basically both praising it for not following the games and kind of doing their own thing. And this was like before the show came out. I cannot I didn't confirm realize, whether cause... that's true or not. Cause I haven't seen the show, but like, I was like, that is not a good idea. <laughs> I guess that is a good point, though. Uh, I did play, like, the first part of Halo. I'm, I mostly played multiplayer. 
but I know that the first part of Halo 1, I think everything is... Actually, I should not talk about this because I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if these are prior to... I guess what I'm saying is I don't know. Do you get Cortana in the first Halo or do you already have Cortana in the first Halo? Uh, I don't recall. I yeah, I, played, I don't know. Either. I don't think I ever actually played through the campaign of the first one because by the time I got my original Xbox, like Halo Two had already long been like the beloved multiplayer shooter, and so I played through that one. Um, but I don't recall Halo Combat Evolved very well. Yeah, I've never been a huge Halo fan to begin with, so like. I'm the wrong person to go to for like story related things on Halo. <laughs> <laughs> I am as well. What about uh Overwatch though? I do like Overwatch and I don't I did not see this. So did you add this or did I forget about this and I added it? I added it. Yeah. Uh, the beta is happening this week. That seems pretty cool to me. Maybe I will check this out. It's been a while you since have to I sign played up for it. Halo or Halo Overwatch. Um yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's kind of been, um, I don't want to say forgotten about, but I mean, it definitely had its heyday and was very popular for a couple of years, but I don't know. Everyone hates Blizzard now. So uh, I also, I read that, uh, I want to say like Ubisoft was developing some sort of secret Overwatch clone right now, and everyone was speculating that it's like way too late for that. Who, who but maybe was? this Overwatch 2 coming out will re-spark everyone's interest in, like, hero shooters. Who did you say was developing that? I want to say Ubisoft. It was called, like, Project Q or something. Oh, I remember. The, yeah, they're working on, like, a free-to-play shooter that looks like a combination of, like, Call of Duty and Overwatch. Yeah, I think it's still in early development, but... Um, they're supposedly making an Overwatch style game, so I don't know. I I am very curious to see. I feel like Overwatch really captured everyone's imagination, and people were like super into it and super into like the lore and writing fan fiction about it and stuff. And I feel like I really haven't heard about it in like maybe three years. Yeah, it's been a while. Like I know, like I. Uh, follow at least one streamer who's like dedicated solely to overwatch uh just because yeah. every now and then i will get back into that game and it's nice to have at least one streamer that you know you can go to and like he's still every day still streaming overwatch so i know it's like people are still into it i guess but like i don't know how into it they are um and it's also been quite some time since i uh heard anything about their esports thing like the overwatch league which i know is a thing i don't know if that's still going on but it was kind of a big deal there for a while um but yeah i i feel like they definitely need to launch overwatch 2 just to get like just to bring people back and get some hype for it again um which I, I do want to play that. I am kind of excited about Overwatch 2 just uh, because I'm more interested in like the cooperative stuff when it comes to Overwatch. Mm. Like these days when I do go back to Overwatch, it's generally to play like whatever cooperative arcade mode that they add during like the yeah, special the seasonal like thing. seasonal uh, events. So 
the fact that Overwatch 2 is going to be more of like a you know going to have more co-op stuff that's interesting to me but the this beta i think is specifically for pvp stuff right yes yeah i think it's still 44 <laughs> anyway i might check it out we'll see um it has been a while since i played overwatch but <laughs> i think that's true for everybody yeah um another rumor uh, that we didn't touch on. I don't think either of us are super excited by this, but like Nintendo is rumored to be adding Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games to Nintendo Online. Um, cool little thing if you like those classic games and you'll now be able to yeah. play them on Switch. I don't know if that has been confirmed yet, but that's been the rumor that happened this week. Um, I know they added a ton of... Uh genesis titles to the like expanded uh oh yeah they did add some more genesis titles including like sonic stuff because sonic just came out yeah so things are still happening with nintendo online which is pretty cool i will say if you never played i watched a full playthrough of this i didn't actually play it but i watched a streamer play through the minish cap zelda minish cap oh yeah uh and that seemed pretty fun uh so if you have the ability to play free Game Boy games. I bet they would add this Minish Cap. I haven't looked at like the catalog. Or I guess this is just a rumor, but Yeah. Um, I don't know that they've That's something I would recommend. I don't know that they've announced anything with this, but Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, more stuff added to Nintendo Online is a good thing as long as it doesn't up the price again. Uh I'm all for I agree. it. <laughs> I'm excited for the day that they add uh GameCube games to Nintendo now Online. That will be I I've never played uh wind waker and i've always wanted yeah that's one that i have also not played and i've only ever heard like glowing reviews of that game so uh but let's talk about some games that are out this week um i don't know if you got a chance to see any of these but they're so this is the first one shattered tale of the forgotten king i just saw um playstation had posted about this on twitter this game i think came out last year for steam but it's just now getting a console release so it's out on switch Mm. and playstation and i think maybe xbox as well or later um, it's basically sort of a Souls-like game with an interesting art style that kind of makes me think a little bit of near, uh, like near uh, replicant, near automata, and yeah, um, yeah, I I think this looks pretty cool. Uh, might be one that I will check out at some point. Um, I'm I do really like the art style. Yeah, I like the art style, and again, because I just beat Elden Ring, I'm like kind of itching for more like that style of game and i think this is supposed to be sort of an open world type of a game so it might be a good one to jump to if you're just finishing up elden ring and you're wanting Mm. something else like it check out shattered tale of the forgotten king interesting and then what's this uh, Myth Force? So Myth Force is out in uh, early access on the Epic Game Store, and it's basically a roguelite dungeon crawler with an art style like Saturday morning cartoons from the 80s. So like um, think uh, He-Man and Thundercats and stuff like that. The, that's basically the art style they're going for. And I think you can play like 
three or four different classes. There's like the, you know, the knight with the shield and the sword or mace. And then like, there's a rogue with a bow and arrow and there's like a mage that has like magic abilities. And yeah, you're basically dungeon crawling, going around, um, taking out enemies and collecting loot sort of Hades style where you're getting perks and you're uh, upgrading your, your weapons and your abilities as you go. And because it's a roguelite, it also has some of that meta progression where each Mm -hmm. run you'll sort of be able to boost your your character's stats as you go. Um, And you can play it single player um, or you can play it in co-op. And I think it's procedurally generated, so each run is going to feel a little bit different. Um, Mm. Seems kind of interesting. I watched some people play it this week. Uh, it, It is early access. So, and I think the asking price for an early access title is a little bit steep. It's like 30 bucks on the Epic Game Store. And that is a little steep. I for me, think know. if this were like 15 to 20 dollars, I might even try it myself. But at 30 bucks, I don't know that I want to jump in quite yet. But I agree with that. I, I like the art style, and um, I'm not super into roguelikes, but um, I don't know. It's a dungeon crawler that. It's like a first-person game that seems kind of fun. Yeah, it reminds me of... Oh, man, I'm not going to remember the name of this game, but uh, let me see if I can find it. There was a game that came out where you played as uh, cute little animals that had a very similar art style to this and was a roguelike, but you had, like, guns. It was, like, kind of a... Uh, Borderlands style thing because you were constantly collecting different guns. I'm not going to be able to find it. But uh, I played a little bit of that and I really liked it. But this is definitely interesting. It's uh, definitely a unique art style that I have not seen. Yeah, I like the art style and I think this would be a lot of fun to play with like a group of friends. Mm. Um, I can see that being a fun time. Like Game Informer I think did like an hour two hour long stream where there were four people um four people playing in co-op and it seemed like a pretty good time but i don't know maybe maybe wait until either the price comes down or uh after it's you know out of early access because i feel like i don't know early access is kind of like proof of concept and i feel like 30 bucks is like you know it's it's a little steep for proof of concept so i don't know i i still think it looks cool and it's something to maybe keep an eye on but we'll see have you been watching anything we talked briefly before we started recording you've watched the batman because it came out on hbo max i have not watched it yet i'm gonna watch it tonight but you said it was pretty good yeah i i liked it i thought it was pretty good um i don't know (laughs) like where they're going from here because like their their strategy for the dc universe movies have been just all over the place and i well didn't they say i think they are finally trying to write the ship i saw an article maybe last week that was like they're looking to hire someone to be their like mastermind that marvel has like the kevin feige guy they're looking for someone like that, and they're looking to completely reboot everything and basically start from zero with like uh, someone guiding the entire franchises. 
So who knows if Pattinson is even going to be in another Batman movie. I know. They may just be wiping it. Was that they're starting with the Batman or they just made a one-off the Batman and they're going to now start this new effort? I think the latter. I think it's, everything is so separated over there. I don't know. Cause the, the higher so, ups are not to spoil like, anything, but the way that it ends definitely leads you to believe that they're working towards another movie. Really? Yeah. So I can see them doing like a Batman two with Robert Pattinson. I don't know if that's the plan, but they left the door open like in a really big way for that to be the case. Interesting. Um, so there's that, but I know like they did the Joker movie with what's his face, Joaquin Phoenix. And I don't think he's planned to come back for any more DC movies. Yeah, that's it. That's it for him. I think, um, and then I guess maybe they will recast Superman. And here's the thing. Like, the one of the awkward things about DC, uh, as you know, in comparison to like the MCU, is that people like the dark, grounded take on Batman. And that seems to work really well. And it did in the in the case of this movie, I think. But that does not work for Superman, as evidenced <laughs> by the one that they made like a few years ago or whenever that was, like Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Yeah, that did not. Yeah, that was awful. That, whatever they tried to do with that movie did not work. Um, and I don't know. I feel like they need to revert back to like the old Christopher Reeves era, like Superman, like be inspired by that one and not like what Christopher Nolan did with yeah uh, Batman if you're going to do a Superman movie but the, those are like such clashing tones that when you try to combine the two characters in the same movie going up against a villain and, and some of that is just like the discrepancy in their their abilities as well that it's just like I don't know how you put them together i mean obviously they've done it for years in like comics and cartoons and stuff but it's a whole different beast when you try to make movies with them so yeah it's gonna be i really don't know what they're doing like i it's promising to me that they are trying to i feel like marvel is kind of winding down they probably don't think that but, oh yeah for sure they don't uh, think they are but i think everybody else is like <laughs> no you're you're winding down whether you like it or not i have been watching moon knight on disney plus and it's fine uh but it's also like i'm not i don't know uh the the Falcon and Winter Soldier show was not super to my taste for whatever reason. I don't know. It just kind of meandered. Um, WandaVision was good. but And I loved the new Spider-Man movie. That was great. And I'm excited to watch uh, the Doctor Strange. But I don't know, man. It, it took them so long to build up. They had such a nice, concise storyline with uh, the Infinity Zones and stuff. Right now, I feel like they're kind of just scrambling and saying, like, oh, there's a multiverse, so, like, that's something you have to deal with. And I don't know if the multiverse plotline is going to carry forward for the next 10 years like the Infinity Stones did. If that's the case, if they are planning some sort of crazy thing where they keep upping the ante about, like, 
uh, crossovers. Like the fact that they got uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, well, that was pretty cool. If they can do stuff like that, if they can continue to do crazy stuff, actually, now that I'm saying that, uh, I guess I do remember that it seems maybe like uh, the X-Men are in Doctor Strange. So that I would be cool, I guess. But um, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know if it's like superhero fatigue or something, but... I mean, I've hit that point. Moon Knight is just okay. I I would rate so far. I'd rate Moon Knight like a B minus. I've definitely hit that point. Like I've talked about it on the podcast before, where like at the conclusion of the Infinity Saga, I w- I've pretty much been consistently feeling like I- I'm good on superhero movies for a while. Like I did yeah. like the Batman, which is a DC movie instead, but and I liked the the Spider Man movie, but like. I'm not really anticipating any of the other Marvel movies and I am not going to subscribe to Disney plus to watch any of their shows. And I've, to be honest, I've heard bad things about most of them. So I liked WandaVision. WandaVision was solid. I heard that ends Um, in a bad way. It ends in a crazy way uh, because it does turn out that the things that she was doing were not great. Uh, like it is kind of a bummer what is happening and there's not really a good resolution to like why it occurred or, I mean, I guess it is just like grief or whatever, but um, I didn't hate it. I thought it was a cool idea at least for a, a storyline to go like era by era. What was the other one? There was WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Wasn't there another one? It's probably not great that I can't remember. <laughs> Did you already say Hawkeye? Oh, yeah, there was the Hawkeye one. I didn't hate that, actually. It was a little weird, but um, it was cool. Uh, I enjoyed oh, yeah. it. And wasn't there, I, Jim wasn't a, there an insane a, guy. a Loki one as well? Oh, the Loki one was really good, actually. Their Loki one was maybe the best one. I've heard that um, like Loki and Hawkeye, those shows, those main characters kind of feel a little bit like side characters in their own TV show. Maybe for definitely for the Hawkeye one because there's a lot of part like that Hawkeye one is basically about the girl, but the Loki one I feel like is uh, is pretty good actually. I I I, I recommend that Loki one. Mm-hmm. Either way, I I feel similarly to the Marvel TV shows as I do to Halo. Like maybe if it was on a service I was already subscribed to, I would consider watching some of them. But like I'm not going to sub to an additional service to watch them. Yeah. So that's I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of. Did you uh? Did you watch Severance? I have not. I I. Uh, I should. I want to watch that, but that's another one that's like, do I want to sub to Apple Plus for this? I guess maybe Are I could gonna... marathon through it in like a trial if they have one. But yeah, you definitely could. Uh, are you gonna watch anything tomorrow? Tomorrow? Oh, I might watch. We talked about this before we started recording. A, a Hong Kong action movie called Raging Fire. Oh yes, yeah, Donnie. Yen. Donnie Yen. I I like Donnie Yen. I like a good hong kong action flick and so uh we were watching the the trailer for it before we started recording and uh it seems like a I was, crazy uh, action movie that i want to watch so 
I was leading. I was trying to lead you to say, uh, "Are you gonna watch Barry tomorrow? It premieres tomorrow." Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I will watch that. I like that show. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I I didn't even realize that, but I I saw an ad on TikTok and it was like uh, an elongated scene from it, and then it was like premiering tomorrow, and I was like, "Oh man." <laughs> Yeah, I forgot that that was coming up. I, my brother and I were talking about it like a couple of weeks ago, uh, remembering uh, Noho Hank because he's hilarious. Oh, he's yeah. He's one of my favorite characters from a show because he's so funny. Uh, but yeah, I will definitely watch that. Do you have any interest in that Russian doll that came out this weekend also? Uh, no, I don't really know what that show is. The first season was really good, actually. I, uh, my girlfriend and I watched the entire thing in one sitting. Um, we took breaks, but uh, You're not allowed to it was really up. good. It was like a, a Groundhog's Day, and this one is not a Groundhog's Day. This one seems to be a time travel uh, type of situation. What is that on? Netflix. Netflix. It's uh, it's that Natasha Leone girl. Don't know if I know who that is. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, oh. Uh, I have been so I talked a little bit about how I started Tunic. I don't know if you've been able to play any more of that. Not um, much, uh, or any, um, <laughs> or any. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how have you been liking it? So I started it uh, earlier this week, and I got like as far as getting the sword and the shield, and then I got kind of stuck. I wasn't sure where to go, yeah. and then I realized. There are these doors, so I looked up a walkthrough, and like one of the reasons I couldn't figure out where to go is because there are these doors that are like, oh, well, I can't interact with that, so I guess I can't go anywhere. And so I kind of like wandered in circles for a long time, not knowing what to do. And I kind of like put it down for a little bit, jumped back into Horizon uh, just to get my bearings in that game again. And then last night, I picked up Tunic again. And I, cause I looked up a walkthrough, I was like, what do you, what do you do after you find the shield? And they were like, oh, those doors, you're supposed to like do like button inputs on the D pad that, um, like follow the direction of the arrows on the door. And then the doors open. And I was like, oh, so I could have done this <laughs> a long time ago and I would have been fine. And so I did that, and so I made a bunch more progress last night. Like, I got uh, a lantern. Uh, Tunic is like a Zelda meets Souls game. And the we've talked about it a little bit, about how the, the combat's not that great, but I really like everything else about it. And Yeah, everything else is great. I just wish the combat was better. Yeah, and uh, so I got, like, a bunch of upgrades as well because I found, like, a page um, for those that don't know. You're collecting these pages uh, that you find throughout the world that basically um, add to, like, an in-game manual or, like, strategy guide for the game that kind of tells you, like, what different items do and what different enemies are like. And so I found a page last night that says that um you can actually go to those like campfires or the you know like the save points um and if you hit your left bumper that brings up the menu of your your inventory there's like a category of items that you have that you can like use to upgrade your stats so like your attributes your health your defense and stuff like that 
And so I ended up upgrading a whole bunch of stuff. And so that made me uh, stronger. And obviously that progression felt really good. But then I also like got stuck on a boss for a long time. And I was like, this boss is more frustrating than any of the bosses I fought in Elden Ring for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to look up like a, a YouTube video of somebody talking about how they beat it. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. And so... I was maybe just taking the wrong approach to it, and uh, but I figured out how to beat it and made some more progression. So uh, I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. I do think it's a game that like I will probably fall back on uh, walkthroughs every now and then, kind of the way yeah, we got to, through like. uh, Metroid, where like I'll explore for a while and I'll make some progression and then I'll get stuck somewhere and have to refer to a guide to get through it, but... Um, but yeah, I'm liking it. I think I, I am going to play more of it this weekend because, uh, I don't know. I like really got into it last night. So I'm excited. I'm excited for, I do uh, maybe want to dive back in. Something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is like the items you get. I wish that it was more like, I don't know. Like if I get an ice wand, I want there to just like, always that had like always have that ability you know whereas with this i got like a bottle of freezing potion and then i threw it and then i just didn't have it anymore and like am i supposed to buy more of those or farm more of those i want abilities to last i guess is what i'm saying like what if in, so in you, um you do eventually i've got those as well so like you can go to these shops and buy like bombs and like freezing bombs and like some other stuff like that but you do eventually get magic abilities um the first one i got is like a little freeze thing where you like throw some like ice out in front of you and it'll freeze Mm -hmm. enemies in place so it basically achieves the same effect as those like ice bomb things that you got um and then i eventually also found like a wand where i can shoot like little magic um i don't know things at enemies and uh deal damage from a distance um but even those like you have to unlike your energy that like replenishes if you don't do anything for a second um your magic doesn't really recharge you have to like pick it up from enemies that you've killed Mm. um and not all enemies drop the resource required to regenerate your magic so i do wish that that was the case but it's not unfortunately but i don't know you think you'll jump back into it i want to just because i i do love the art style so much and i love that conceit of the pages like explaining things i love all the little illustrations on it i just wish i vibed more with the combat and i just do not but maybe i just need to progress i def i turned on that like easy mode so maybe I oh, just need to like treat it as an export. Yeah, I mean in the in the uh, what's it called uh, in the options you can either you can turn on infinite stamina or invincibility. Oh, interesting. I did not. And know I that. definitely <laughs> did that to get through the first boss. I was gonna say the second boss I fought in the game was this like garden knight of some sort that mm. it didn't look like a knight. It looked like some giant tablet like thing that had like a sword that he did these like big sweeping attacks with and he could like charge it up and fire it like a rifle and um 
yeah, I struggled with that boss for a while. And a lot of it was because I kept trying to block and he just had so many attacks that he would just like spam at me one right after the other that I would always eventually run out of stamina. And of course, if you run out of stamina in this game, you actually take more damage while you have zero stamina. And so he would just like eventually knock all my stamina out and he would just keep hitting me until I died. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> and so the the way I got through it was I watched a, a video guide and they were like, yeah, don't block because he'll just break your stamina. <laughs> you have to like dodge these attacks and like be very slow and deliberate about like when you choose to go in for an attack. And I was like not doing that. So that's how I got through it. But if I knew that there was an option in the menu to just like have unlimited stamina, I mean, yeah. I probably could have beat that boss pretty quickly. <laughs> you should go for it. I think. Maybe I will um, do that. Yeah. I, I want to dive back in. Maybe I will. Uh, de- that death's door, that bird, that crow game. Yeah. Was I feel like maybe like it was great and I I beat that and really enjoyed it. I definitely got stuck on some bosses, but the combat in that game was much more to my liking. And it like just looking at that in Tunic, it seems very similar, but there's something about the Death Door that just gets it more right for me, and I don't know what it is. Maybe just like the timing, or I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be that that one's a little bit more fast paced as well with the combat. Um, yeah, there's not really any blocking in that one. You kind of are just dodging. Well, and a weird thing I was noticing with Tunic is there's not, like, most games like this, you can tap the attack button for, like, a light attack, but you can also hold it for, like, a heavy attack or, like, mm. some sort of swirling attack that, that does, like, an area of effect if you're getting surrounded. Um, there's no such thing like that in this game. So you pretty much just <laughs> attack at one person at a time. Yeah. And you pretty much just tap the button to do the the attacks, and I kind of wish it was a little bit more um, dynamic than that. But maybe I just need to get more items and see how it goes. But I don't know. I I was really enjoying it when I played it last night, so I think I will play more of it. I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week. Uh, do you have any parting wisdom? You know what? Spring, I'm just going to say it, has sprung, at least where we're at. It's going to be 80 degrees today, and that's a welcome change. I would say, you know, we're a video game podcast, but maybe go outside and uh, wander around for a while because the weather's going to be nice. Maybe you boot up that old Pokemon Go account and see what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I would say take some time to get some fresh air because it's it's actually nice out now and i'm i'm excited to do that later today yeah i probably should do that before it storms because it's supposed to storm later tonight Mm -hmm. but until it does that it's actually supposed to be quite nice out so that might actually be a pretty good idea to just like go to a park and like walk around the trail for a while that's my wisdom for today seems like the best advice maybe you've ever had (laughs) <laughs> what, what about uh, eating in your car while you're driving? That's an unsafe one, but it is <laughs> it, it is something that people probably do. So, uh, But yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Follow us on 
Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Starside Cafe. And subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast app and leave us a review if you happen to be able to do that. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.